This is the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast by Hunter Beal. Welcome, welcome, welcome back with another podcast, season one, episode five. Today, we're going to be talking about investments and kind of just managing money and kind of what I do and some advice and tips and stuff like that. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about stock managing money, stocks, real estate, assets, kind of portfolio and everything that I've learned. So first, starting out managing money. That is one of the most important things with investing, knowing that like where all your money's going, what you're spending, what you're making, the balance. I keep an Excel sheet, which literally has everything that I have spent penny by penny. And I keep my receipts. I have a, a folder in my filing cabinet with all the receipts. I empty it every year, but I keep it one in case I need to return something and two because I enter them into my Excel sheet whenever I spend money. I know where all my money's going, which definitely helps me get a sense of, you know, what I need to do and how I need to save, invest, everything like that. So starting with an Excel sheet, like example, mine has rent, utilities, that's a tab groceries, other expenses, and just a bunch of other budgets. I have an emergency fund. We'll kind of get into an emergency fund here in a second. Now thinking about it, that's actually what I'm going to talk about now. So an emergency fund, I have personally 1500 saved up for purely emergencies. There's You got to understand and set in stone that you're not going to spend this money because it is for emergency purposes only. An emergency isn't a vacation. An emergency isn't buying a new TV, a new desk, I don't know, whatever you money can buy. The emergency is when something unexpectedly happens, like you get a flat tire or you got to get new tires and you didn't realize that, uh, you know, there's different stuff that is unforeseeable in the future that is meant for the emergency fund, whatever it may be. You shouldn't take your emergency fund, go invest them in stocks, none of that. And immediately when you take away from your emergency fund, whenever you get your next paycheck, that paycheck is going in to build that emergency fund back up. In the summer, I saved 1500 and that is purely for emergencies. I had to get new tires this year and I had no idea until I went to get my car serviced for a recall or something. And then they said my tires are low on tread. So I had to get new tires soon because I knew winter was coming around, but that burned 500 or $600 into my pocket. Luckily, my dad helped me a little bit as well. Uh, that was a Christmas gift, but I used anything I spent with that for my emergency fund. And then anything I made goes right back into building that emergency fund back up to 1500 It just depends on who you are and how much money you need. For people that are like out of college, it should probably be higher. But if you're in college, it shouldn't be a huge, enormous amount of money. But I think Dave Ramsey, The Total Money Makeover, which is a book I read by Dave Ramsey, really good financial guy. He has a podcast, definitely should check him out. And many, many good books on financial talks. But he talks about how you know you should live six months with just your emergency fund alone if you lost your job whatever it may be that'd be obviously an emergency you got to be able to afford everything six months is what your emergency fund should be saved up for the expenses for the next six months so you could take a half year off 
and not be stressed out. That is one of the key things when you graduate college is definitely building that emergency fund because you don't know what's going to happen. Now that we've kind of talked about managing money, you know, the Excel sheets, receipts, how and knowing where every penny goes, everything like that. Now I'm going to be getting into stocks. There's a lot to talk about, but I'm going to try to just explain simple stuff for someone that knows about stocks, but really hasn't invested their own money into it. First and foremost, you have to know that there is no get rich scheme, especially in the stock market. There's not really a whole lot of things you can do to make money super quick. I was always told if there was a get rich quick, that was morally and ethically right. Everyone would be doing it. Everyone would be a millionaire if there was such thing as a get rich quick. Now, there, I'm not saying there is not such thing, but it is such an astronomically small percentage of you finding that and then it eventually hitting the public and everyone knowing about it. But there, there really isn't any get rich quick. That's the first and foremost. You can't ball out. GameStop and AMC, that was a very rare thing. If you don't know what happened, people online bought, got in a group together, Wolf of Wall Street bets or something like that on Reddit, and they bought the stock and rose the price to like almost four, $400, something like that. And people lost, and hedge funds lost a lot of money, but in AMC as well, and many other little stocks. But that, that was so rare. Like that never happens. It really never happens. So you should be informed that there isn't gimmicks like that. That normally doesn't happen. That's not the normal. You should definitely have a diverse portfolio. Portfolio is just all your assets, investments, whatever it may be, things that are kind of making you money. And within the portfolio, you shouldn't have a stock portfolio. You shouldn't have more than 5% on a company out of your entire portfolio. So you shouldn't have 15% of the money you have in the stock market on Apple. It's just you need to diversify and not have your eggs in one basket. That is literally how you make a constant good amount of money and you're safe for the most part. And another thing is when you diversify your portfolio, you're playing a safe card. So if one side tanks, healthcare side, but then the IT goes up, then you, in an essence, stay at a plateau or an average, or you still are making some money, but you're not taking as huge as a loss or a hit as if you had all your eggs in one basket and you had it in healthcare. And there's different sectors. I'll kind of go over that in a second. But you should definitely buy companies you like. I like Tesla. I invest in Tesla. You know, there's many other stocks that I invest in. I invested in AMC at $3.30 in the summer because I knew it was going to blow back up. And I kind of, I you go to AMC and I like them. So I invested at $3.30 and then I cashed out when it hit 15 and made some good money just doing that. So like it wasn't, that wasn't a reason of buying AMC because of the boost and everyone online was saying buy AMC. That wasn't a thing when I bought it in the summer. That wasn't my thinking behind it because I knew eventually when COVID and the market opens back up, when COVID starts dying down, that movie theaters would open and the inevitable would happen. Movie theaters would bounce back. So you kind of got to know investing in the stock market, information travels faster than you can blink. So if a new article comes out and it says Tesla is dropping this new crazy technology, 
Well, that's already reflected in the stock market currently because that got published and people knew about it beforehand because they were writing about it. And my economics professor that got a PhD at a very prestigious economics school, he, I learned so much from him and I, I love that guy to death. He gave me a whole lot of work, but I learned so much about the economy. It's insane. And he definitely talked about how the stock market is currently reflected with the current information that is out. So there's no tricking the market, buying a stock really quick, and it's going to rise up. Might a little bit, but it's not anything that's going to make you become a millionaire. So definitely was a good idea to kind of inform you guys on that because people think that when an article publishes or they're subscribed to a news article and something, a company is coming out with something new and it's really cool or the technology is insane, that you can buy it and you can make money really quick and it's just not not a thing. Another thing that I'll talk about is start investing ASAP if you have the money. That is if you have the money. If you don't have the money, then just research and kind of understand. So like when you graduate college and you're making some money that what the stock market is about, it's not complex, but at the same time, it can be complex. It's something that can't be predicted. COVID couldn't be predicted. The stock market tanked after that. So there's a lot of things that are unpredictable with the stock market, but it's fairly basic on stocks. And there's plenty of articles for beginners and YouTube videos. I highly recommend on YouTube, Graham Stephan. He shows everything how it is. He tells you what he's investing in. This guy's a millionaire and he spends time on YouTube, but he has like 3 million followers. He is an awesome guy and I get a lot of tips from him. Another thing I'm just going to reinforce is no more than 5% of your portfolio in one company. Again, referring back to Apple, just not having more than 5% in a complete company is definitely very important. And being diverse, like I said, and I'm going to preach that to the day I die because that's one thing I learned about from my economics professor and he is su- he's just a super intelligent guy. Credible right off the bat. Just the way he talks, you can tell that he's a very smart guy and knows what he's talking about. But he talks about diversifying and the stock market on average, since it's opened till now, has made an average of 12% money back to you. So it makes sense to invest money because it's only going to grow in the stock market. And diversifying your portfolio is one of the most important things for it to grow healthy and sustainable. You know, like one year you might have 6% return and then another year you have 20% return. It is an average of about 12% said and done from at least since the stock market's been open till now. There's many different sectors, and I said I was going to talk about them real quick, so I'm just going to name some off. So diversifying your account would be important is business, consumer goods, energy and water, finance, healthcare, hospitality, tech and media and telecommunications, manufacturing, and materials. So like if I click on business and I look at the stocks. I'm currently in Robinhood right now. I'll talk a little bit about platforms and how I invest on the platforms. There's Google, there's a bunch of companies, honestly, you probably wouldn't know. So I'm not gonna, software companies and stuff like that, just IT companies. And then like, I'm gonna go over to tech and media. Apple is the first one, obviously. Amazon, 
Microsoft, Facebook, Disney, Netflix, Comcast, Intel, Adobe, list goes on and on. So like that's just kind of getting a basic sense. And on Robinhood, it's really nice if you go over to your your profile, it shows you the sectors, so to say, of the stock market. So yeah, those are the basic sectors of the stock market. I'm going to say it one more time, be diverse. You have to be diverse. You've got to have a little bit in the business, IT, healthcare, consumer goods, everything. Just make sure it's well-balanced and you don't have one that's, you know, at 50% and the rest are at like 10% each. You should diversify your portfolio. That is the way you make good money in the long term. And again, most of these tips are coming in long term because when you invest, you definitely have to get a sense to keep it in the market and you can't be emotionally attached to that money. So if it tanks, you don't make dumb decisions like, you know, AMC tanked and then people started selling, GameStop started tanking, they started selling in like an actual good reason like COVID, like it tanked and people started freaking out. And then, but if they would have kept the stocks, it bounced back. So you can't be emotionally attached and there's obviously a point you got to sell or buy, but you have to be educated on what you're doing and not be basing your actions off your emotions with your money in the stock market. At least when I invest money into the stock market, I think that I just don't have it. I don't have that money anymore. That's in something else. I, that's just the way my mindset is and the way I've always been taught in the stock market. And again, it's really not that complex. So don't like freak yourself out and like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do, like watch a YouTube. I'm explaining what I think fairly well, basic stuff, but do a little bit more research. Watch some YouTube videos. That's pretty simple. Beginner on stocks, what to know, YouTube or articles, whatever it may be. Just become educated on the stock market because I promise it's going to be worth your while, especially with an average of 12% return over the entirety of the stock market being open. So now let's jump into another topic, real estate. And I'm not going to talk about this too much because I prefer to talk about things that I'm a little bit more credible. I've been in the stock market for a year and a half and I've been doing some research for about three years and I still don't know everything. The market, there's just infinite companies, there's infinite things to know that I had no idea. I thought it was just you invest money and you make money. It's a, It's not, again, it's not complex, but there's a lot to it. And definitely educating yourself is a top thing to do. But getting into real estate, this is talking about, you know, like buying houses, any properties really. But for the most part, I, my business idea was to start flipping houses, but I switched. And the reason being is because mortgages are at an all time low, I believe right now. They're really low either way. I don't know if it's a record low, but that means that the interest rates are so low that houses are becoming expensive. Loans are at, at an easy access to a lot of people and they're able to quote unquote afford but really go in debt with bigger houses. So houses are just really expensive and the market's pretty saturated. I know a guy who was talking, to, I interviewed uh, two years for an entrepreneurship class, intro class, and we had to interview someone. And I interviewed this guy and he used to flip houses by his junior year of college he owned like five rental properties this man was really getting down to it but he ended up selling them all and 
he flipped them and he made some good money, but it just wasn't for him. It wasn't sustainable. There was a lot of times, and he had like a friend who put down a hundred thousand dollars on a house, flipped it for 150 and sold it for 160, which means he only made a 10 grand profit within three months, which really is not that good. If you're putting up that much money, the risk is really high. And when you go to an auction, you're majority of the time you're not allowed to walk in the house so you really don't know what you're getting whether it be the plumbing's terrible floor foundation there's a bunch of things that go into it with real estate and properties and analysis on the property but again anyone can do it really you just have to kind of understand and get the basics and you can definitely hire people to do the labor and all that, but it's said and done. You really got to know what you're doing, and the market's really saturated. The people that know what they're doing are making some good money, and there's still people that know what they're doing and you know just getting by. But personally, for me, again, I'm not saying it's a bad option. There's definitely room to flip houses, but it's getting a lot more saturated than versus 10 years ago. But I moved my business over to tiny offices, and that's going to be and that's real estate. I'm going to buy a plot of land. That's beautiful scenery, whether it be in the mountains of Tennessee, whatever it is. And I'm going to build tiny houses myself. I'm pretty construction savvy. So I'll be building them myself. And then eventually when I grow the business and it gets bigger, I'll start hiring people to do that for me. But in the beginning, I'm going to buy land and I'm going to build real estate on it, tiny offices and with a beautiful site for people that are working at home or people that are starting a business, whatever it may be, it's going to be tinier offices up to a three person office all the way down to one person office. But, and some of you might be like, why, why are you telling us that? Well, you could have done that and you're going to have to beat me in order to kick me out of the, my own area, so to say, like the tiny house offices. But I've done so much research and stuff, and I understand so much. And people aren't going to pursue that because they're not passionate about it for the most part. Even if it is making good money, people aren't passionate about it. And there's a risk to starting a business, so they won't take it. But I know, like, sharing, that's one thing. I've always hid things. Like, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but hang in there. I always thought in the beginning, like, I can't share my business ideas. But I have literally a notebook in my filing cabinet with probably 50 ideas. One thing I learned, it's good to share because you can bounce off ideas and people can help you. And usually people, you find out people aren't that interested in your idea as in like they wouldn't go and start it themselves. You know more on it for the most part. Now kind of getting back into real estate with, again, with houses being so expensive, it's a hard investment. And I know this is kind of more college focused. This is my target market college people. But this is for graduating college, something to look into, maybe buying a house. But like Muncie, Indiana, where I'm at, Ball State University, definitely a really good place to buy a house and flip the house a little bit. It doesn't need to be a complete hard flip. And getting rent set, set up so you're making passive income. Passive income basically meaning you do nothing for the most part. And you can, while you're sleeping, you're making money. And the goal is to get passive income because that's how one makes a lot of money. And again, it isn't for everyone, but it takes a lot of research. And I'm fairly well informed with real estate, but I'm not credible in a sense because I haven't owned a piece of real estate yet. But who knows, maybe in the future, in a couple of years, when the podcast keeps on going, I'll be talking about my business, hopefully, and I'll go through with it. Another thing being assets. 
So there's different things you can invest in. Like when I was in high school, I was hustling supreme. Me and my friend Paul Hassler and a couple other buddies, I remember skipping gym, well, saying we had to go to the bathroom in gym class, going on our phone, getting supreme at 11 a.m. was when the drop was on Thursdays. And we knew that economically the market for supreme was really saturated and there was a lot of people wanting their products the demand was high and the supply was really low you had to literally type in your information credit card everything in less than i'd say 30 seconds honestly like 20 or 15 seconds and everything would be off it was a quick flip and i knew what i was doing and i actually made i made some good money being in high school i was lifeguard but i was also flipping and doing some hustler stuff and it really paid off i learned a lot doing that but i just got out because at the end of it, it started to get, they started to give a little bit more supply and it wasn't as rare. And sometimes things on eBay would sit longer than I'd like. I ended up sticking around and keeping like probably like $600 worth of Supreme stuff that I hardly wear. It's just like stuff I just don't want to wear because I'm scared to get it messed up. But I've sold majority of my stuff. Like I bought a fanny pack for 130 and then I flipped on eBay for like 270 So I made pretty good money just within a minute. But there was also a lot of work that went into it. I had to ship it out, make the label. Honestly, it was like 30 minutes for a $100 profit, which wasn't that bad. But it only came once a week. So it wasn't like, and you can only get one product at a time. But now that I talked about Supreme, that's kind of like assets. There's like also antiques, just things that hold value and appreciate rather than depreciate over time. There's many things that you can research and find things that appreciate over time is definitely like a good article or a YouTube video. I guarantee you that's out there. Another thing is like land, but for the most part, again, being college students, we can't really afford land. So it's kind of tough to have that hustle with land, but land appreciates over time for the majority of, and that's something that I've learned and it's really cool because you can own a plot of land and then five years later, it's worth more. Like if you bought a plot of land in Fishers, Indiana, 10 years ago for $50,000, it'd probably be around $250,000 five years later. But again, you couldn't really predict that Ikea, Portillo's, Topgolf, all this stuff was going to come to Fishers. But that was kind of, that would be a lucky shot, so to say. But like for average, it, it appreciates over time, majority of the time as our population gets a little bit bigger, but actually it really doesn't. That's another podcast though. 10 reasons why the world isn't as bad as it seems. I'll definitely get into that. That's another good podcast idea. But yeah, anyways, back to what I was saying. Now I'm going to, I talked about assets a little bit. I'm going to talk about portfolio, the portfolio as a whole. So stocks, real estate, assets, all that stuff together. You should have no more than 20% in each investment. So like I said 20% in stock market, 20% in real estate, 20% in assets, and the list goes on. There's many, you can buy gold, silver, whatever it may be, different things you can invest in, but those are the most popular stocks, real estate assets are basically the, the most popular, but there's bonds, mutual funds, everything like that. One thing, and this was an interview with Graham Stephan and Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. This guy literally makes billions of dollars, and he was talking about having no more than 20% each investment, again, having a diverse asset class portfolio is very, very important because if one tanks, 
you stay at a plateau and you average out when another one goes up and you end up being fine. Whereas if you put all your eggs in one basket and one goes really low, you lost a lot of money and there's no really saving that. Another thing is don't over concentrate on one asset. You shouldn't be like super concentrated on real estate, super concentrated on stocks and not be focused on other places. That's another thing they said that's pretty important. Again, I'm going to say it again, be diverse. If you have, if one investment goes bad, you are going to be safe at the end of the day. Like I said, that plateau effect, be sensitive to how much debt you have. And again, for us college students, some of us, our parents pay college. Some of us have loans, maybe half and half. Uh, parents pay for a little bit. We have loans, whatever it may be. Definitely try to pay off your debt as soon as possible because interest rate, interest just go up. You have to pay the principal off, which is the money you owe in order for the interest for you to stop paying as much on the interest rate because usually the interest rate doesn't increase. It stays at like uh, 8% that it's on that principle. So it only gets, the more you pay on your principal, the less you're going to be paying because the principal is multiplied by the interest rate, which with a lower principal is going to be a lower number you have to pay. So definitely paying off that principal first is pretty important. And some doesn't matter paying off the principal, the interest rate stays the same. But for the majority of the part, it's the prince, when you pay off the principal more and more, the interest rate stays the same and you don't pay that much but definitely getting out of debt is very important something i'm focusing on i'm planning to pay off debt within a year or two after college i got a decent amount of scholarships and i'm not going to be super down bad in the hole when i get out of college or anything but i know i'm going to be i'm going to be eating dirt which leads me into my next point actually eating dirt saving and investing and that's exactly what i'm going to do I'm going to eat dirt and I'm going to save and I'm going to pay off all my debt and I'm going to be debt free the year after college or maybe two years, but I'm, I'm going to try to pay it off as quick as possible. That's my, one of my number one focuses right out of college. Another thing is because people pay before I get into the next thing, people pay a lot of money. Like I know people that are in their forties still paying college, but like paying college debt off, but you know, you can have like a, a lower percentage in like, it's just a long term or something like that. I'm not going to get too much into that. But there's people in their 30s that still have college debt. So getting that paid off is very important. So you can focus on other things. Lastly, a good question they end with is can you take the hit? So like, if the if you put money in the stock market, like you put $500, and you have $600 in your bank account, can you take the hit if all that $500 goes down to zero? That is astronomically small to happen but like say that happens like you have to be ready for that can you take the hit are you able to put up that money and that can go with anything you know buying a new xbox playstation tv dresser i I don't know i'm just (laughs) naming stuff in my room but whatever it may be that's something that you got to think about can i take the hit is this a smart decision try to stay away from debt unless you're leveraging on real estate you can leverage with a bank and get the money to buy the property, flip it, and then you pay the bank back and you make money at the end of the day. So there is def- there's circumstances that you can keep debt, so to say, like real estate is definitely one. But from um, a personal aspect, definitely stay away from debt. You don't want to have credit card debt and all this other stuff because it can add up and you can be paying a lot of money on interest rates. 
So staying away from that stuff. But and there is like things with credit cards, like you get one percent cash back, and if you're going to spend that money and you pay off the credit card debt immediately and don't get app, uh, interest rate over that month because you paid off, you get one percent back on what you spent. So there's definitely some little tweaks and hacks within the system and loopholes that you can find to actually make money off credit cards. But another thing is using cash, and that's that's one of the biggest things I've heard is using cash because the physical being of cash is that when you're giving away, you're like, damn, I really gave that money away. And like I worked, uh, I just bought something for $20, and that was two hours of work I did. I always put it in the aspect of me working my job and like how many hours I put into what I'm about to buy and if it's worth it. And sometimes cash, it doesn't really work for me personally. It kind of doesn't because honestly, I lose a lot of stuff. So I try to stay away from cash. And when I have cash on hand, I try to get rid of it because it's the inevitable is going to happen. I'm going to lose my wallet somewhere. So it just depends on the person. But for the majority of people, they don't really lose their wallets like as much as I do. And I've been really good about that. I don't really lose it a whole lot now. Um, but for the majority of the part, people should use cash. So yeah, we talked about stocks, real estate, assets, kind of investing. Oh yeah, and before I forget, what I use for investing, because I feel I said I was definitely gonna talk about that, but almost forgot. Robinhood is what I started with, but then when they pulled the BS and you weren't able to buy AMC and GameStop, which is literally kind of manipulation, it just didn't make sense and it kind of made me mad. So I switched and went to Webull, which I think is better because it has a lot more statistics and graphs on their app and it's still easy to use, but I definitely recommend starting with Robinhood and then possibly going to Webull. And the thing about these platforms is it's free, which is really nice because on the actual stock market and different brokerages, you have to pay a percentage for selling or buying things, buying shares. So it just doesn't make sense. But using these apps, Webull, or starting with Robinhood and maybe making your way to Webull would make sense because Webull has more analytical stuff and graphs and stuff that makes it easier to read. And I can, has news, has a bunch of different stuff. And it makes it pretty easy. That's the reason why I switched to uh, Webull and I got referred to by my roommate, uh, Trent. But yeah, so kind of just figure that out. Look up tutorials on Webull or Robinhood, whatever you end up going with. But again, diversify, diversify your portfolio. I'm telling you, it's going to help you long-term. You shouldn't be in for short-term. You should be in long-term to make and retire wealthy. Because if you retire, if you invest right now, I think it's by the age of 20 and you invest all the way till the average retirement, which is 65, you could literally make $60,000 a year and if you invest correctly, and I believe it's like 20% of what you make or maybe a little bit higher, that you will leave working life and go to retirement with about, I think it was like $5 million or something, something like that. You, you could really, the average person could retire a millionaire, but it's just people want to spend money and flaunt their money. So just, definitely just be smart with your money, you know? But that's going to wrap up this podcast Thank you guys. This is going to be my last podcast before I launch. This is not my last podcast before I launch it publicly. I've been working very hard on this and I hope you guys enjoy this. Definitely more to come, more interviews, more knowledge to be seeked. And guys, I'll see you in the next one. This was the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast by Hunter Beal. Seek knowledge and I'll see you on the next one.